Welcome to Your Next Mission podcast with the 12th Sergeant Major of the Army and co-founder of the American Freedom Foundation, Jack L. Tilley. Proudly presented by Cavalry Agency, Navy Federal Credit Union, Purdue University Global, and Veterans United Home Loans. Good day out there, veterans and families. Welcome to Season 2 of Your Next Mission podcast, a a program initiative of the American Freedom Foundation. I'm Jack Eltilly, 12th Sergeant Major of the Army and your host. And today's show is the, the final episode of season two. And, and what a season it's been. We released 30 episodes with some amazing guests and covered a lot of great topics that hopefully will help bring some valuable and needed information for our veterans and families. And, and you can see all these episodes on your Next Mission YouTube channel by just really scanning the QR code at the bottom of the screen. As you might know, we've uh, dedicated this season two of your next mission to mental health. So we thought it only appropriate to end the season with a discussion about how our veterans and families are facing these types of challenges and, and how can we help them. But before we get started, I wanna thank our presenting sponsors, Calvary Agency, Navy Federal Credit Union, Purdue University Global, and Veterans United Home Loans for for making your next mission happen. They love our veterans and families, and I say every week, we certainly love them too. Now I'm excited to introduce Mary Beth Goldman, or Goodman, I'm sorry, Goodman, uh, Clinical Director and, and Stephen A. at the uh, Stephen A. Cohen Military Clinic in Alaska Behavioral Health, and Brigadier General Retired Michael Fleming, Outreach Director at the Stephen A. Cohen Military Family Clinic and Centerstone in, uh, in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, welcome to the show. So good to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. It's terrific, Sergeant Major, and uh, we are great. Uh, really fortunate to be on here to really talk about something that's important to our military. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think the audience is really eager to hear all about you and all the things that you guys are doing. But, but before we do that, uh, I'd like for you to tell the audience, our veteran community and active duty, a little bit about yourself. So Mary Beth, we'll start with you. Tell the audience about Mary Beth. I know you live in Alaska. <laughs> Absolutely. I am up here in beautiful Alaska. I have the privilege of being an Air Force veteran spouse. Uh, my husband just retired out about a year and a half ago after a very long 25-year service career. Sure. Um, but I am also an Army brat. All right. um, the, joke, the joke in my family is my dad said I could marry in the military so long as I married up to better housing. So we all <laughs> joke and tease about that a lot. Yeah. Um, but this is my this is my PCS. Uh, after he retired, I was privileged to find the career that I was privileged 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 to have with the Cohen Veterans Network, um, and we have opened up centers here in Anchorage and in Fairbanks to serve the mental health needs of our veteran and military community. Um, I've been doing mental health for over twenty five years. Uh, I am a licensed professional, and so I'm the the clinical voice of this call. Uh, but um, I, like I said, I love Alaska. I love mental health, and I'm just so excited to share a little bit more about what we really do, so it doesn't feel so scary when people walk through the doors. How, how do you get involved with the Cohen Clinic? I mean, have you, have you worked for for a long time, or? Sure. So I've worked for the clinics for just over two years now, and when they had their inception about seven years ago, I heard this statement: "We cure PTSD." And I'll be real frank, I've never heard that statement before. And, and I'm vintage, right? I am. Um, we cure PTSD. 
And so I reached out and I talked to some people who were behind the evidence-based treatments and the actual research behind what they did in Cohen Veterans Network. And I got to know um, now retired uh, Army Colonel Tracy Neal. And she shared with me that, well, what would you, you know, what would you really call treatment? What would be effective treatment where you could talk about curing it? And I said, well, you know, industry standard is 10 year. And she said, Evidence-based practices absolutely get results of 10 years symptom-free. So we can say it's 10 years symptom-free from PTSD, but when are we going to be able to say that's cured, right? If, if I were 10 years in remission from cancer or 10 years in remission from diabetes, I might be able to say I'm cured. And so that hope, that absolute wait, we get to do something that's impactful so our veterans and military don't have to deal with these symptoms that is just huge. And so ever since then, I became this <laughs> kind of fan of the Cohen Veterans Network. And I knew that one day I was going to work for them. Um, and then timing just really worked out where they were expanding to Alaska and we were moving up here. So yeah, that's how I, I became involved. Yeah. I, I, you know, like I said, I had, I've had PTSD. There's certain things I talk about. I tear up. It's real hard for me to get through them. But I don't know if you can ever cure PTSD. I think you can learn to deal with it and deal with the issues. I think that's probably one of the biggest things. Sir, sir what about yourself? Tell, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Sorry, Major, first, thanks again for, for hosting this great podcast. Uh, I was fortunate to serve in both the uh, Marine Corps as an enlisted Marine and officer and then transferred to the Army National Guard. Hua. Had about <laughs> Yep, had about 24 years of active duty and uh, 12 years Guard and Reserve. So I had fortunate, uh, when we have the uh, Army-Navy game, I kind of win and lose with both. So uh, <laughs> I, uh, but uh, it's, uh, I'm very blessed to have served both in the Marine Corps and the Army. And then uh, since I retired from the military, I've worked for uh, Deutsche Bank as a manager director and worked for uh, uh, Jacksonville University here as a senior vice president. And then was fortunate to, uh, to join the Cohen Veterans Network. And uh, like you, I've been blessed to continue to give back uh, to the veterans and uh, by chairing and working with some veteran groups here, uh, like the Jacksonville Military Veterans Coalition, the Firewatch, Community Veterans Engagement Board, USO, and other organizations. And I was fortunate uh, to really to be involved from with Cohen Veterans Network from the beginning. They, they do an analysis when they're looking at a new city and uh, found that Jacksonville had a lot of veterans. Obviously, we have two Navy bases here. And then I was contacted and I really was the person showing them around uh, the senior leaders in Cohen Veterans Network around uh, to Jacksonville to convince them we needed a clinic there, never thinking I would work for them. But uh, the more I learned about the Cohen's Veterans Network and what they were doing, I, I definitely wanted to be a part of it. So uh, I'm blessed to be the outreach director here in, in Jacksonville. We have another sister clinic in, in Tampa and uh, just north of us in uh, Hinesville, right outside Fort Stewart in the third ID. We're having, uh, we're opening another one. So uh, Cohen Veterans Network really is committed to the military and serving the mental health needs of, of all the military and families. And I'm blessed to be a part of it. Yeah. Which, which, which really neat. You deal with spouses too, and also friends of, of military. Is that? Absolutely. That's yeah. absolutely right. We let the clients define their families. And so uh, it could be uh, obviously the family, it could be a spouse, children, but it also could also could be someone's mother. It could be a neighbor. It's whoever is supporting that warrior in their family. We feel like we want to treat that whole family. And uh, anyway, we can. Yeah. Sir, the uh, Stephen Cohen A Clinic, um, military family clinics that make up the Cohen Veteran Network, uh, CVN, I guess you call it, do so much right. to help our, our post 9-11 veterans, service members and military families who struggle with uh, mental health challenges. Can you give us a little bit of overview of the CVN and, and the people you serve? 
uh, happy to do that, Sergeant Major. And really, it's I think it's fortunate that the military and our nation are now doing much more to recognize the importance of mental health for both our military members uh, and their families. And the, the Cohen, Veteran, Cohen Veterans Network is a nonprofit philanthropic organization that serves post 9-11 veterans, National Guard reserves, active duty service members, and all military families through a nationwide system of mental health clinics. Uh, the founder is Stephen A. Cohen, and he made a $275 million commitment to veterans, uh, which is the largest philanthropic pledge of support ever made to veterans in this country by a single donor. Uh, Mr. Cohen's son had been in the Marine Corps, and I think Mr. Cohen was inspired by his son to really to do something for veterans. And currently we have 21 uh, Stephen A. Cohen military family clinics across the country with plans to ultimately have 25 clinics providing outpatient mental health services. And we talked a little bit about it, but we really want to make sure that we're addressing all aspects of the uh, military community. As I said, we serve all post 9-11 veterans, one of those, and it includes any person who has served one day in the military. And it's we also serve clients regardless of their role or discharge status. If someone wore a uniform for one day, they're eligible for care, no questions asked for us. And as we talked a little bit about before, we serve the entire military family, including parents, siblings, spouses, or partners, children, caregivers, really anyone who is a support element for that family. Because uh, you know, Sergeant Major, from your long career, the importance of the military family and the fact that if uh, the military family's not right, then that veteran's not right. And so we serve the entire family. And I found I'm so blessed to be part of it. And the Cohen Veterans Network is an amazing organization fully dedicated to serving all of our warriors and their families. Yeah, I got, I asked a couple, one is, uh, is it, if you, Will you help them if they got like a general discharge or a dishonorable discharge? Absolutely. The uh, the discharge status for us is irrelevant. If you serve one day, then we want to serve you. Yeah. And um, so we really feel like that's an important aspect of uh, what we offer. Yeah. What What about uh, there's a lot of homeless veterans uh, that you that they talk about. I, you know, I don't know if they're I'm sure they're out there. Do you ever get involved with the homeless veterans in different uh, different communities? I Absolutely. And that's one of the. Uh, the other fundamental parts of uh, the Cohen Veterans Network from the beginning is that we feel there should be no barriers to care. Yeah. And we talk we talk about the fact that with uh, clients, one of the things we offer is if someone's within 50 miles of our clinic, we'll send a, a Lyft or Uber out to pick them up. But the important part is, and to your question about homeless veterans, if someone cannot afford the care, we can waive the fees for that care. Yeah. Uh, uh, between Mr. Cohen's generosity and we have a lot of supporters, other philanthropic supporters across the United States, we're able to do that because we don't want there to be any barrier to care. And if someone's homeless down on their luck, we want to be there to help them from their mental health aspect. Plus, again, we want to help their families also because if you have a homeless veteran, he or she probably has a family that is being affected by that. And we also want to help that family. There you go. Mary Beth, we've been letting you take a break here. We got to ask you a couple of questions here. <laughs> with over with over 24 years of working in mental health and over 20 years as a uh, clinical director and therapist, working with the military families and veterans, you said you have a, yet to find a corner where hope does not exist. I, I got to tell you, I absolutely love that. Can you tell us? Specifically, how CVN is helping our veterans and families who are suffering with uh, many mental challenges and some of those uh, visible, just like I said a minute ago, invisible uh, things. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. I think the unique thing about the network is 
Well, we're certainly not flexible. We are extremely adaptable. And what that means is that, like like the general was saying, if someone needs a Lyft, an Uber, childcare, we can provide all of that. But what, what we have found on the clinical side is we need to spoon feed mental health to really teach and show it's not frightening. It's not scary. We don't just sit behind closed doors and light candles and, and chant mantras. We actually get in there and do scientific based research. And so opening our doors to make sure that, uh, you know, we have one amazing veteran and he came in and got a cup of coffee for six months for six months, got one cup of coffee and then finally said, okay, I trust you all. I'll come in for services. <laughs> That's and good. So, yeah. Again, the adaptability of come in, have a cup of coffee. You want a tour? Come back. We've got nothing to hide. You want to meet a therapist? Absolutely. You want to chat with a caseworker about some housing resources? If this is someone who is in a situation where they need help with housing vouchers or something of that nature, it's that warm hug to really encompass everything that you might need to break down that main stigma of walking through the door to get help. If you're going to sit across from me in my clinical chair with your arm crossed and just glare at me all right we can do that for a couple sessions i'm good with that you're not going to intimidate me right not that either one of you two gentlemen would have ever done that yeah yeah but it's it's really meeting people where they're at understanding that a cup of coffee is more than a cup of coffee a conversation is more we have a wonderful program where we do post-discharge follow-up we're actually in contact with our clients after they discharge from services to make sure that now that they've got these new skills and and sergeant major you had said you know i don't know that we can cure it well we want to make sure that we're at least getting them back to the best tomorrow that they can get to and what that means is in three months after we know someone started a new job and dropped out of care because things were going well we're going to ask questions like hey so how are you getting along with your boss? How are those coworker relationships, right? Because the mission has changed. We've gone from this hoorah mission, this I am making an impact every single day, life-changing decisions to, you know, maybe doing a repetitive job task. And so we want to check in and ask those difficult questions and say those things that people are thinking, but maybe they're just too proud, scared, brave, unaware that they need to say them. So the whole process of that network and providing barrier-free care starts from welcoming people in the door and meeting them where they're at, but meeting them down the road and checking in with them as well. Yeah, you made me think of a lot of things. The the first thing is the cup of coffee is a a great analogy about letting somebody come and drink a cup because they have to trust you. Uh, and the general knows real well, just like I do. If, if I don't trust you, I'm not going to talk to you. Nope. Exactly. Uh, and that's 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 really important there. So um, what a what a great. Uh, the other thing is 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 I if you who's ever listening today, and I hope there's a lot of people out there listening, but don't think that you're alone. There's always people out there that want to assist you, that want to talk to you, and and unfortunately, when you like I was going to tell you, when I was in the army, there was a, I was a senior listed non commissioned officer for 1.3 million people. Uh, and the next day, there's nobody but me and my wife. And I think that the same thing happens to the general. I mean, you got all these people that are working with you, and now you're isolated. And uh, and there's nobody to to talk about that. So it's it's important what you guys what you guys are doing is it's incredible. And it, it you know I wish we didn't need it, but we do need it. Uh, but we need to make sure people are aware of those kind of things that you're doing. We're talking with Mary Beth Goodman and Brigadier General Retired Michael Fleming and. And we're talking with the Cohen Network. And, and if you're listening uh, to your next mission podcast with me, uh, your host, Jack Attilio, 12th Sergeant Major of the Army, and enjoying this discussion, 
please click on that subscribe button below because we have to build up a, a group of, of officers and non-commissioned officers that know that we just want to help you. We don't want anything from you. We just want to help you. And, and you're not by yourself. You're with a group of people that, just like Mary Beth, that, that trust and love you and, and want to assist you in any way you can. Mary Beth, uh, to continue on our discussion, one of our Cohen Veterans uh, Network found, uh, foundational principles is uh, removing barriers to care. Can you just elaborate a little bit on that? Sure. I believe that statement has just changed so much from its inception to current day. Mm -hmm. It used to be a very standard statement of, we'll help get your referral from the VA if you need one, we'll help with child care, we'll help with a taxi ride, we'll see you outside of clinic hours on the weekends, we'll, we'll do what we need to do. But throughout the pandemic and, and over just the last kind of wave in technology, we've really learned that removing barriers to care means so much more. It might mean working with a VFW to find a hotspot so someone can remote in. Um, you know, you had mentioned I'm from, I'm from Alaska and we have a huge landmass state over two thirds of the state isn't on the road system. So we have clients who are, you know, trying to get care through telehealth that might not be able to afford the internet rates here in Alaska, that might not be able to access um, solid communications in one of our more remote areas in, in Florida or in Maine. And so being able to really remove those boundaries and say, look, we are gonna work to find you care no matter where you are and how we get to that. Um, I would say at least once a month, I get an email that says, all right, I've got someone in a state we don't have a clinic in yet. How are we going to get them care? Who's licensed? Who's got a clinic? You know, who's got this going on? And so that original statement of removing barriers to care was a very simplistic statement. And now we've really embodied it. And every time that phone rings at every clinic, that from the first touch point to the, to the case manager at the very end of the episode of care, we're trying to remove whatever it takes. And really and truly, that's different for every person. Yeah. You know, when you talk about barriers... Uh, every time I call somebody and, and I don't get somebody on the phone and I got to leave a message, uh, to me, that's a barrier. Yes. Uh, and I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Uh, wow. Well, you already yeah, talked. I was going to ask a human being answer the phone. Barrier <laughs> removed. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, it's, but, it, but it, I used to do that when I was in the Pentagon. Somebody called the phone rang twice and they didn't answer. I pick it up. Well, they hated that. So that, you know, after a while, they they die for the phone to make sure I didn't get it. <laughs> Bigger Joe family, uh, Meredith already talked about it a little bit. Uh, I'm sure the COVID-19 put a, a bit of a damper on how you provide care to our veterans and families. I understand telehealth has provided, uh, you know, a lot of means for people to overcome obstacles. Can you, again, can you elaborate on that? And, and then the other thing I guess I'm thinking about right now is just the economy now and the price of gas. And how do we get to that? Uh, exactly. you know, I guess you may even have people that can't, they can't financially pay to, to come and see you. So go ahead, sir. Yes, Sergeant Major, you're exactly right regarding the importance of, of telehealth. And uh, uh, I have personal experience from here in Jacksonville. Our clinic in Jacksonville opened our doors in March of 2020. And then within a week, we had to close our physical office and go 100% telehealth. Yeah. Fortunately, fortunately, our network as a whole was well prepared to adapt to uh, primarily uh, telehealth. Each one of our clinics uh, has got complete training and enabling them to offer uh, care, uh, obviously in person now or via uh, CBN telehealth. And then when the pandemic had hit, that we already had a, a te uh, telehealth technical infrastructure in place and we were able to pivot so quickly, it was amazing. And to give you some of the, uh, sorry, Major, some of the ideas about the amount of telehealth we had in 2019, we provided about 5,000 telehealth sessions across the network. 
which accounted for 11% of our care. In 2020, that went from 5,000 to 65,000, and it accounted for 84% of our care in 2020. And then in 2021, we went to 90,000 telehealth sessions, and which is an amazing pivot for our organization because we were primarily uh, at that point, uh, at the beginning of the, the pandemic, was really the emphasis was getting people to come into the clinic. Now it's it's looking and we've been able to either go in person or via telehealth. And then the what the there, there's really nothing much good about the uh, about COVID, but what it has done and our adaptation to it has allowed us to increase the distances between our clients' homes and the near, nearest Cohen Clinic. Uh, the reach in 2020 grew about 60 percent. And then in 2021, the average distance uh, for our clients went from 15 to 31 miles because telehealth and here in Florida, we have uh, our two clinics, one in Jacksonville and one in Tampa. And we are, we in Jacksonville are really kind of responsible all the way out to Pensacola. And uh, you go along the I-10 corridor and there's not a lot of culture, uh, military cultural competent clinicians in, in the panhandle. And you know, that's our major. I mean, it's great that someone who's can deliver care but does the clinician understand the impact of the military experience on both the individual warrior and their family member? And because we only see military clients, our military cultural competency is off the scale. So as each one of our clinicians, and also as, as Mary Beth had talked about, if you get somebody to take that first brave step to call the clinic, you want the person answering the phone to understand what that individual is going through. So all the Cohen Veterans Network employees have uh, military cultural competency training, really get immersed in it. So the, uh, we're able to provide the telehealth. And another important factor is that studies have shown that telehealth is just as effective as in-person services. So today we offer the clients the option of either in-person or virtual care, whatever works best for them and their families. Yeah. The, the other thing, I again, you may think about a couple of things here. <clears throat> Is one is that the people that answer the phones, just like you, Mary Beth, have some kind of military background, you know, without their parents serving or whatever. Is that is that the way at all the clinics? I mean, <clears throat> most of the people that uh, that serve have, have got some type of military background. And then the second question is, uh, you know, I'm an old Vietnam veteran, and there's a lot of older uh, vests that really coming back from Vietnam never got that kind of assistance. Do you deal with a lot of older veterans? And that's a, a question for both of you right there. So I, I, I can speak to the network in terms of hiring, and I can tell you that we really enjoy hiring and we look for individuals who do have that veteran status or that one step removed, right? That spouse, that child. Um, the person who answers our phone is, uh, is, is a medic. Um, we call him Doc, right? You know, he's an army <laughs> medic. That's who there he you is. Go. Um, and, and, you know, Christopher, when you, when you call us, he's amazing. Uh, but it, what the general said is absolutely true. If someone answers the phone and gets it, it's not sunshiny sweet. It's it's real conversation yeah. and meeting them where they're at. And that is something that we look towards as the network. It, it is definitely something that um, we, we want here because those are individuals who are who are so successful within this environment and they provide such a wonderful accepting environment, meeting people where they're at. Um, we here in, in Alaska uh, actually do treat pre 9-11 veterans. It's not our primary, um, our, our primary population. Uh, and again, it's, it's, it's that concept of 
if you're going to be really good at something, you've got to get that arrow point sharp, right? Yeah. We, we have to make sure that, that our evidence-based and our clinical training address the issues and address it with absolute excellence. And so that's our population is that post 9-11. But I would say that, a, and I'm sorry, I'm going to mess up my statistics, but I think that 8% of our clients right now are pre 9-11 veterans. Um, we don't break it out pre 9-11, whether that's Vietnam, whether that's the Korean conflict, whether that's, you know, any of the other many, many incidents that this country has been a part of. Um, and so it, we would not say no. Uh, we just recognize that expertise area is important and we want to make sure that we're narrowing our focus and really getting a sharp a sharp point to that treatment um general fleming how about you in florida how are you all doing with with those with that population it's about uh, i think we average about 10 percent across the network uh for that but one and we always say that if a veteran calls we're going to take care of that veterans one of the great things we have sergeant major each one of our clinics has a case manager and that case manager is there for a, a lot of different reasons. One, if a client needs uh, care beyond what we do at the Cohen clinics for follow on care. But then also often when a veteran comes to, to us or a military family member, they have some other concerns. Maybe it's housing. It could be employment. And our case managers are very much connected with uh, all the different resources we have. We're fortunate here in uh, Northeast Florida to have just a wealth of resources. And so we're able to help them through our case managers because we really feel like that's important. There's sometimes we, that we've received calls in our clinic where someone is really not a fit for our clinic because I remember when we first started, we had a call and someone needed inpatient immediately. And obviously that's not what we do, but our case manager connected that veteran and, their, and his family with inpatient care. So the, I think the overreaching philosophy for the Cohen Veterans Network is if you contact our clinic, we're going to take care of you. Whether you're a veteran, it doesn't matter when you served, anytime, or the family members, we're going to get you to care. And that's something that I know is uh, prevalent across all of our uh, clinics. Yeah, you know, important. There's a lot of God, you guys are so good. They, the real thing about that is, is when you call somebody and they say, well, call this number, call this guy. And what you're telling me is if you call you, your uh, calling clinics, you're going to, if you can't help, you're going to make sure you connect them with the right people. That's, that's exactly what you need to do. God bless both of you for doing that. Let's take and a quick I've got to say, ahead. it is a warm handoff. It yeah. is an absolute exactly warm right. handoff. It is not a call this number. It is yeah. a, yeah. let me call this number for you. Let me conference you in. We want to make sure that we are absolutely doing the right thing by our warriors. You, you know, I can see that motivation with you, Meredith. I can see that popped up. You and the general have popped up. Okay, now let's, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Your Next Mission Podcast. You're watching Your Next Mission, proudly presented by the Cavalry Agency. They help brands dominate no matter their size. Ideas, strategy, action. This is Cavalry. Learn more at Cavalry.com. Navy Federal Credit Union, the most trusted credit union owned by members of the military community, serving all branches of the armed forces and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Purdue Global, providing affordable online education for hardworking adults. Learn more about a personalized, innovative, and world-class education at purdueglobal.edu. Veterans United Home Loans, the number one VA lender for five straight years. If you're buying, 
they're funding your dreams. Learn more at VeteransUnited.com. Now back to your host, the 12th Sergeant Major of the Army, Jack L. Tilly. Welcome back. I'm the 12th Sergeant Major of the Army, Jack L. Tilly, and we've been blessed to be here today with Meredith Goodman, Clinical Director at the Stephen A. Cohen Military Family Clinic in Alaska, Behavioral Health, and Brigadier General Retired Michael Fleming, Outreach Director at the Stephen A. Cohen Military Family Clinic in Centerstone in Jacksonville, Florida. And, you, and you're listening to uh, your next mission. And, and if you want to reach out to me or, or talk to me directly, tell me about your transition. Tell me about, uh, you know, what's going on. So see if I can see if I can help you. You know, tell us about what topics you'd like to like for us to cover on the show. You know, it's, I tell people all the time, it's not my show, it's our show. It's about how do we help our veteran community with whatever issue they have, whether or not it's employment, whether or not it's any kind of mental issues or, you know, funding or whatever. I, I want to help you in any way you can. And if, if you want to do that, you can call or text me at 844 844- uh, 424-1134, and, and I'll actually reach back out to you. Or send me an email at uh, smatilly at yournextmission.org. Okay, let's pick it up where we left off. Brigadier Joe Fleming, uh, you've continued to s- your service of our veterans and families after a, a long career in the Marine Corps and the Army. <laughs> Can you talk about your partnership you have developed and, and how helping to enhance the work uh, you all have been doing in, in CVN? Yeah, that, that's great, Sergeant Major. I appreciate it. Yeah, partnership is a fundamental aspect of Cohen Veterans Network. And uh, when I retired from the military, I joined Deutsche Bank, and we founded something called Veterans on Wall Street, which was an initiative to hire veterans in the financial services sector. Yeah. And at the at the time, I was the site lead for Deutsche Bank in Jacksonville, and I wanted to assist veterans in Northeast Florida with employment opportunities. I was born and raised in Jacksonville, so I really have a passion for for Jacksonville. So I founded something called the Jacksonville Military Veterans Coalition. And uh, as you know, this Sergeant Major, when someone's doing a transition, there's not a lack of information. If you put veterans and and jobs in Google, you're going to get a billion hits. But there really wasn't anything focused for us in Northeast Florida to say, go to one spot, go to one site, and you can find out about working in, in Jacksonville in Northeast Florida. So we partnered with the city of Jacksonville to create a website exclusively dedicated to Northeast Florida job opportunities with information for transitioning veterans. And just as importantly, educating employers about the value of hiring veterans. And so we started this about 10 years ago. There are now over 500 businesses in this coalition uh, oh, committed, to hiring, committed to hiring veterans. So it's, it's terrific. And then we have quarterly meetings and we host the, these meetings, the, uh, the coalition meetings in our clinics. And um, it, across the network, we encourage each of our clinics to partner with veterans organizations in their community to enhance support to veterans, active duty members, and military families. Because as uh, Mary Beth was talking about that veteran who came in and had a cup of coffee and then finally trusted them, what we do is we have uh, we allow the, uh, the veterans organizations to have meetings in our community room because we want people to feel comfortable there. We also have groups that we have. We hold classes, any number of things, because we want the comfort level at our clinics to be very high for a veteran and they say, oh, yeah, well, I, ha- I get my care here, but I also attend meetings here also. And I think one of the important aspects of both the network and I found across the, uh, the veteran space is that, uh, you know, no one organization can do everything to meet all the needs of military members and their families. I mean, we have a tr- our network has a 
tremendous relationship both nationally and locally with the VA. We're not in competition with the VA, we're a partner. And then Sergeant Major, I know you're familiar with the term one team, one fight. And our network works tirelessly to be the best teammate for our military. Yeah, no, nobody's successful by themselves, and 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 uh, I know when I was growing up in the military, I was always a little apprehensive to tell somebody if I was hurt or something was wrong with me, or I had some issues and stuff, because you, you always think it uh, affects your promotion. And the real answer is, I should have been talking to people years ago. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there. If you're listening again, there's a lot of people out there that want to help you with uh, whatever issues that you have. Matter of fact, I'd like to talk a bit about the the care CVN is given to women veterans and the. Misconceptions about PTSD. I mean, like I told you before, I tell everybody I'm not there that I've had PTSD a long time. But there's, but there's a lot of people out there that do have misconceptions about that. But so talk about that a little bit, if you please. Sure. I think the two major misconceptions about PTSD that we as a that, that we as a culture face is number one, people with PTSD are dangerous, right? Well, I'm and not dangerous. Two, I don't think anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I've been married to the to, to just an absolutely amazing man for well over 27 years and yeah. not dangerous at all. <laughs> uh, but again, like we chuckle about it and we laugh about it, yeah. but it is our responsibility to really own that myth and dispel it. The reality is PTSD is simply our brain not firing the same way it fired before some a specific traumatic incident, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our neurons, this neuron is supposed to talk to this neuron. They're supposed to join up, right? Well, after a, a PTSD incident, after a, a critical incident, it kind of does it. It, it. There's a different thing there. And so we need to teach our brain. We need to re-educate it. But these are not damaged individuals. These are not weak individuals. These are not broken individuals. These are individuals who simply experienced something and their brain went into survival mode and basically overrode that circuit so they could live through that moment. And we need to help them. That's it. That's all PTSD is. Yeah. Yeah. I think the second biggest, (laughs) you know, biggest thing is it's just not treatable, right? If you've got PTSD, just go sit in a corner. It's just not treatable. And and that's not true. In this day and age, we have several, several evidence-based treatments that work, that we have documented research on for over 10 years that show these treatments work. You know that phrase, um, you know, and, and you can recolor it, uh, but that, um, you know, you grow through what you go through or, you know, right now you're eating a poop sandwich, you know, those, those phrases. <laughs> Well, the problem is you have to be willing to go through it, right? You have to be willing to eat it. And therapeutic treatment for PTSD is absolutely every bit as difficult as running the MRF. It is every bit as difficult as running an Ironman, whatever, insert your physical fitness goal in. It is hard work. You walk out of a clinical office feeling exhausted, feeling upset and having to do a whole lot of homework. And so when we talk about therapy, we're pretty, we're we're pretty, you know, transparent about it. Now you need to work harder than I do. And I need to see that fight. And to be honest, there is not a better candidate for therapy than a warrior. They know how to do this. I I don't think I told you, but I'll tell you now again, if I did tell you, I was overran 20 wounded and seven killed. And I was uh, fighting at streets of Saigon when I was 18 years old and it killed so many people. I'd stepped over bodies and, and unfortunately, I drug bodies around and stuff. And uh, I think uh, when I got out of the Army, I had issues, but I came back in the Army. 
And I think because I came back in the Army, I was around other people that had the same kind of issues that I did. I was able to work through those issues because I was able to talk to people that uh, that had this, you know, that had the same kind of, and understood what I was talking about, I guess. I, I think sometimes when you stay in the Army three or four or six years or whatever, and you get out and you have those issues, you have nobody to talk to, uh, nobody to reach out to. And a lot of people, when you, and General Fleming, you probably identify this, a lot of people, when you start talking about the military, they'll change the subject and go to something else. Uh, because they don't feel comfortable. Nothing against them. It's just that the, unless you've walked in my shoes, you don't get it. Uh, and that's really what the shame is. And that's why, uh, you know, that's why I'm so proud to have somebody like yourselves on the show today and, and talking about the, you know, we're not just talking about taking care of our veterans and families. We certainly want to, and you certainly want to take care of them. Uh, before we get into any final thoughts, uh, how do people reach out to you? I mean, what's the website? Can they call somebody? Could you give us a number and a website? Uh, Meredith or General, whichever one, want to do it? That's good yeah. with me. Yeah, it, the easiest thing, Sergeant Major, is go to the CohenVeteransNetwork.org. Uh, it's our website because then you can do uh, contact us a couple ways once you get on there. You can easily navigate to the nearest Cohen Veteran Network clinic that you can contact directly or there's a form on the website that will connect you to a clinic. So all you got to do is, if you don't remember anything else, Cohen Veterans Network, just Google that or just go to the website and you can navigate from there. It's very, very easy. Yeah. Meredith, you want to add anything to that? Uh no, I, you know, it, it, General had said we're really good partners in the community, and I have to say that we make it our business to know, you know, our Office of Veterans Affairs, our local VSOs, our base leadership, if there's local bases, because we infiltrate them and we let them know we're here. Um, we have a high Coast Guard presence here in Alaska, and I just went to do a briefing the other day, and I walked into the bathroom, and there was literature on the bathroom stall, and I was like, we've made it, right? Like, <laughs> we're going to try to get our name out because when people need help, they need to know it. It needs to be a household name. And so what I would encourage people who are listening is if this isn't for you, I guarantee, you know, four people, the, you know, the people who had your sex, the people who were behind you, the people that you call brothers and sisters, they might need this as well. So just remember that website. There you go. A, a little funny thought. I used to go on the, we call them latrines in the army. I used to go on the latrine and every once in a while I'd see my name on the wall. Now that could be bad or good. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks to uh, Meredith Goodman and Brigadier General retired Michael Fleming from of the Co Stephen A. Cohen Military Family Clinics. And, and I, I just can't thank you enough for being on the show. And what you guys are doing is, is just amazing. And, and God bless you. And we, and we want, uh, we'll start season three here next year. And we want you to come back on. We want to continue to talk about the issues that, uh, that our family, we're all part of a family. We all want to help each other. We all want to do uh, all that we can. I'm Jack Tilly, 12th Sergeant Major of the Army. You've been listening to your next mission podcast. And, and thank you for listening today. Please visit our website. We're on yournextmission.org and, and leave me a review. I always tell people, I hope it's a good review, but if it's not, I can take it. I'm old enough to take it. You can also visit our partners there who can provide you with so many uh, different services that will assist you in your transition from the military to the uh, civilian sector. Also, please Visit our corporate partners there and see all the jobs that are available for you. Please know we want to assist you in any way we can. I'm going to say that again. Please know we want to assist you in any way we can. Please follow me on all my social media pages. I never thought I'd ever say this. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. And if you enjoyed this discussion with Meredith and Brigadier Fleming, uh, Brigadier Jim Fleming, uh, and I know that you are, please 
like us. Click on that subscribe button. Remember, we, we, we want to build a team of people, a team of veterans that help each other and share information. Don't forget, we want to hear from you. Please leave me a message or send me a text at 844-424-1134. Send me an email at smatilly at yournextmission.org. Thanks again to Meredith Goodman and Brigadier General Retired Michael Fleming for, for being with us today. It was just just really great uh, having you on the podcast. And and I want to leave you with just a, a couple things to remember. As you know, we've dedicated season two of Your Next Mission to all those veterans and family members who struggle with mental illness, which so often leads someone to uh, taking their own life. And we're grateful to, to the Cohen Veteran Network for sharing some of the great insights on how to, those struggles can be helped. Uh, you can do your part as well. Please reach out to somebody you haven't spoken to in a long time and, and check on them. I always call it a, a buddy check. And, and I want to tell you one more thing. I've had a last nine or 10 months, I had a, a couple of uh, senior NCOs that I knew all my military career that, uh, that committed suicide. And I think to myself, is there something I could have done to prevent that? And maybe the answer is I should have checked on them. I don't know. Remember, we're part of a family. We want to do all we can to assist you. Second, I'd, I'd like to see every veteran and uh, an American celebrate his or her service by wearing their uh, service hat every Friday. I'm, I'm proud of the, the service I was in. 36 years in the Army, I'm proud of serving in the military. But, but show people, you know, flex your muscles a little bit. And if you put on your hat, you wear it no matter what service you're on, I'll, I'll put it on those social media channels. And lastly, I, I want to encourage everyone that's listening today to reach out to your neighbor. Offer a smile or a helping hand. Together, let's try to bridge that divide that has affected so many of us here lately. Before we go, I want to thank, uh, I want to thank you for tuning in uh, week in and week out. And, and here this old soldier tried to provide you with information that can help uh, the veterans and families. It has been an unbelievable journey. We are far from done because uh, we're going to go into season three. We're not going to stop until we help every veteran that we can. Coming soon will be uh, season three on your next mission with a, a new network, some incredible guests, and and all uh, with the purpose of, of doing whatever we can to, to help our veterans and families. So just stand by. Until then, I want to thank uh, Clock Dash Media and, of course, our four presenting sponsors, Calvary Agency, Navy Federal Credit Union, Purdue University Global, and Veterans United Homeowners for making making uh, this podcast appear. Because if, without them, we, we certainly couldn't make it. We appreciate uh, all that you do for our military families. And, and as always, uh, our guests, see you on the high ground. Hooah! You've been listening to Your Next Mission, brought to you by the American Freedom Foundation. Learn more by visiting yournextmission.org.